Pick your head up. That's the lesson that I learned at the Fretboard Summit in Chicago just roughly one month ago. On today's Acoustic Tuesday show, I'll be sharing some highlights from the Fretboard Summit as well as teaching you what pick your head up means and why it's so important for your guitar journey and even your life. This is episode 257 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun to help you get more fulfillment, progress, and joy from your guitar journey. Now, usually on the Acoustic Tuesday Show, I break it up into a bunch of different segments, but today we're focused on the Fretboard Summit, what it is, why you should consider going to the next one, and this incredibly valuable lesson that I learned that I wanna teach to you right here, right now on today's show. Not only will I teach it to you, I will encourage you and show you how to use this lesson from this day forward. And I promise you it will make a profound impact on you, your guitar journey, and the people that you relate to. Pardon the interruption. I just want to address something that's going on in the comments, something that is spam related that I want your help with. If you see any comment from something associated with Telegram, I think it's Acoustic Life 01 Telegram or something to that effect, it's not me. It's nobody that represents Acoustic Life, Tony's Acoustic Challenge, or myself, Tony Policastro. It is not affiliated with me whatsoever. So please ignore them. Actually, do one better. Please report those comments. Uh, you can just click the three little dots next to the comment, report it as spam, and hopefully YouTube will get their act together and help us rid the comments section from these bots. So please don't give them any information. Don't even respond to them. Just report it as spam. Thank you so much. Okay, back to the show. So since we're kind of throwing the normal format out of the window, let's just dig right into the fretboard summit. Now, uh, what is the Fretboard Summit? So just about a month ago, August 25th through the 27th, 2022, the Fretboard Summit was held at the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago. The Fretboard Summit is brought to you by the Fretboard Journal. Now, the Fretboard Journal, if you're not familiar with it, is a beautiful quarterly publication that just oozes guitar geekiness. There's no other way to describe it. If you like amazing photography, if you like insightful articles, if you like just being in the world of guitar, acoustic, electric, amps, you name it, please consider checking out the Fretboard Journal. It's, it's a publication that I've been subscribed to since the beginning, since the very first issue when David Grisman was on the front cover. And I gotta tell you, this magazine, I, I loosely call it a magazine because it feels more like a book than a magazine, it, it never disappoints, plain and simple. Okay, so that's who puts on the Fretboard Summit. Uh, Jason Verlindi, the editor and creator of the Fretboard Journal, had this idea of, hey, let's make the Fretboard Journal magazine come to life. And that's exactly what the Fretboard Summit is. Now, as I mentioned, I attended this and had a blast. I wanna share with you some highlights from it. Um, I'm not gonna hit all the highlights. There were just so many. Now, this was a three-day event, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday was indeed a grand finale of all sorts. It was a grand finale in so many different ways, and we will get there for certain. And, and with that grand finale comes this grand lesson that I wanna share with you, one that, you need to hear. I needed to hear it, 
and uh, actually learned it from a fellow Acoustic Tuesday viewer. Um, he came up to me, we were talking before a show, and um, this lesson kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. But let me give you the day-by-day -day breakdown. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with, well, we'll start with one day early. And so the journey begins. It is Wednesday the 24th. I'm on my way to the airport, running behind just a little bit, pretty par for the course. Um, had to make sure I had all my guitar gear. I just kind of threw things in my regular bag. Don't know if I have enough shirts, etc. But I do know I have all the right guitar stuff. Extra strings, extra picks, extra finger picks, string winder, string cutter, all that good stuff. Tuner, you know, all the important things. So I may show up in Chicago with no clothes to wear, but I'll certainly have a guitar. Uh, super happy because my guitar got through security, which is usually a bit of a crap shoot. But anyways, just waiting for flight to board. We got about an hour. Finally got to use the closet for my guitar. Just arrived in Chicago. I forgot to do the obligatory, you know, I'm flying video footage. So just imagine, you know, the plane taking off and landing in like fast motion because that's what I just did. But I'm here in Chicago. I'm super excited. Gonna go pick up my bags and uh, head to the Airbnb, which is super close to the Old Town School. It is officially Thursday, and wow, I'm looking at the itinerary and I'm ridiculously excited. But it doesn't start until the afternoon, so what do I do to fill my morning? I go to Chicago Music Exchange. Yes, indeed, I went there with the folks from Thompson Guitars. I ran into my friend Nathaniel Murphy, checked out some amazing instruments, and just was in awe of the guitars that they have, the display room, uh, pretty much everything. Just, just a glorious experience and a great way to kick off my day. Now, as I was at Chicago Music Exchange, I ran into Adam Buchwald of Iris Guitars. Literally just ran into him, almost bumped into him. He was there with Mark Stutman of Folkway Music in Canada, the foremost expert on vintage Gibson guitars, vintage small body Gibson guitars. And they were also there with Dale Fairbanks. So right away, I could feel the excitement kind of buzzing because in one trip to Chicago Music Exchange, I ran into three people who I greatly respect and who I greatly admire within the field of guitar building, within the field of acoustic guitar in general. So things were off to a great start. Now, it comes check-in time for the Fretboard Summit. I go to the Old Town School, and I am just, I'm, I'm, I'm struck with how awesome it is to be back. I used to work at the Old Town School back in 2000. Five, six, seven, eight. I think I was there for about four years. A great time in my life. It was so good to be back. So good to be in those halls again. And um, I got to tell you, the Fretboard Summit started with a bang because it was the Luthier Showcase. And I'm just going to list off a few of the Luthiers that I met that I had a chance to talk to. Um, there were so many. So if I if I miss anyone, please, please forgive me. There were really so many folks there. Um, Mario Beauregard, met him there, chatted with him. Gage Halland uh, from Montana. Ironically, he's 30 miles away. We hung out more in Chicago than we do here in Montana. Uh, uh, let's see. Leo Buendia was there. The folks from Thompson Guitars, uh, Christine, Ryan, and Olivia. Uh, as I mentioned, Adam uh, Buchwald, uh, Dale Fairbanks and Mark Stutman. Um, who else? Michiro Matsuda. Wow. Mind-blowing. Uh, 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 Micah Bruce, who was a new luthier to me who makes really fantastic instruments. In fact, I would not be surprised if you heard more and more from Micah here in the coming years. I was blown away by his instruments. Very traditional build style, and um, they sounded incredible. Uh, but the one that really stood out to me was, was Isaac Jang. 
I have admired his guitars for a very long time. To be able to play one of his instruments in person was a true moment. I felt like as soon as I started playing this guitar, I was just, I, I was transported into a, another place. I, I, time, space didn't matter. I was just lost with this guitar and it was so beautiful to be able to play this guitar and hear it. You know, so many guitar shows, it's so loud. Everything's in one single room and you can't hear anything. But I was able to take Isaac's guitar to a private room and play and hear all of the nuance and spend some time with Isaac, uh, which, was, which was a treat in and of itself. But this guitar, you have to hear it. Uh, here's a quick little demo of me playing Isaac's guitar. So that was just the start of Thursday, eh, mid-afternoon. Each evening of the Fretboard Summit, there was a show. Uh, the first night, Thursday night, uh, the show was opened up by Jordan Tice, who is one of the most fluid finger pickers I have ever seen play. I didn't really assign Jordan to a finger picking role. I always thought he was a flat picker, but rest assured, he can certainly finger pick. And then following Jordan was Julian Lodge. Um, wow. Not quite sure what to say about this. I actually don't have an adjective. I will say this. Oh, I forgot to mention Matt Ike from Mule Guitars. I had a chance to hang out with Matt for quite some time during the fretboard summit, and um, it was it was time well spent. It was like I was just uh, hanging out with an old friend. It was fantastic. Um, so after the Julian Lodge show, I met up with Matt Ike and Nathaniel Murphy, and the first words Nathaniel said were, were um, I don't think he was in the room for any of this show, meaning that he was so enveloped, so entrenched in the music that he was making, he was operating on another plane. And Matt and I both shook our heads yes, because the show was that impactful. Here's what Friday held. I'll reverse engineer it. Uh, the Mill Carton Kids played a show. That show was opened up by Jake Eddy, phenomenal flat picker. Uh, Sierra Hall did a right hand tone and technique workshop. James Elkington and Nathan Salzberg did a guitar arranging workshop. Um, Mark Stutman did a talk about vintage Gibsons and all of their uh, oddities, for lack of a better term. And then uh, Chris Walls did a workshop a workshop on Big Bill Brunzi's approach to the guitar. And, uh, oh, not to mention the Mill Carton Kids also did a harmony singing workshop. So Friday was packed full. Met so many folks. I have to say, uh, before I get into a couple highlights here, I met so many Acoustic Tuesday viewers, so many Tony's Acoustic Challenge members. It was, it was really humbling to know that uh, people really dig the Acoustic Tuesday show. People really dig Tony's Acoustic Challenge. And to be able to spend uh, some face-to-face -face time with, with folks 
that just enjoy uh, the show, enjoy Tony's Acoustic Challenge was really awesome. It was great to meet you. Uh, if I met you in person, uh, thanks for taking time out of, of your time at the Fretboard Summit to just uh, chat with me. It was really great. I have a, a whole book of names, almost a hundred names. I tried to keep track of everybody's name and um, it was difficult because there were so many. It was, it was, it was, it was so, so humbling and so uh, fulfilling for me to, to spend FaceTime with folks that actually watch the show. Uh, a couple of highlights from Friday. That was that was certainly one of them. Um, <laughs> where do I start? Uh, the Sierra Hall workshop was awesome. The James Elkington and Nathan Salzberg workshop was awesome. Um, really enjoyed myself. But the one workshop I want to uh, tell you about was the one with Chris Walls. Chris Walls is an Old Town School teacher, a longtime Old Town School of Folk Music teacher. And I'm going to make a bold statement. He is the best guitar teacher I have ever been taught by and whom I've ever seen teach. He is that good. Chris Walls was my first real guitar teacher. Uh, aside from my father teaching me the basics, Chris Walls is a teacher that he just, I don't know if he does it consciously or unconsciously. I don't know if it just is who he is, but he is so good at teaching you how to be a forever student. Um, and I had a chance to chat with him right after the workshop. In fact, it was it was so important to me uh, to to make sure that he knew the impact that he had on me as a as a young guitar person, uh, a young guitar enthusiast. Because being taught by him was was a spark for me. It really um, it really started something big in my brain, and it started my guitar journey in such a way that. I am so grateful for. So Chris, if you're watching, if somebody who knows Chris is watching, uh, please uh, share this with him. Uh, huge thanks to Chris Walls for being uh, the the person that he is, the artist that he is, the teacher that he is. Uh, he's, he's the type of teacher that takes you into the world of the artist you're learning about. And that's exactly what he did with Big Bill Brunzi. This workshop was incredible because yes, he showed you how Big Bill Brunzi played the acoustic guitar, but he also gave you a sense of the man Big Bill Brunzi was, what he stood for, his philosophy, his, his approach to songs, his approach to folk music as a whole. Um, really a, an all-encompassing workshop and one that um, was a true highlight for me uh, on so many different levels. And that's amongst some uh, other amazing things that happened on Friday. Uh, and that brings us to Saturday, the day, the, the moment where I learned uh, the most important lesson I think I've ever learned. A reminder, but really uh, also a, a, a lesson. Uh, and I want to share it with you. I've got copious notes here, and I'm really trying to just dig into the highlights. Let me share with you Saturday just a couple of the things that happened. Um, Jake Eddy did a workshop, that phenomenal flat picker I was talking about. Great workshop about uh, really approaching flat picking and, and just playing tunes, just playing and playing and playing and playing. That was really his secret. It was really cool. Um, and then Saturday, uh, Molly Tuttle did an interview on stage with Jason Verlindi of the uh, Fretboard Journal. That was a great treat to sit in and, and hear Molly talk about her new album, her approach to music, growing up around music, etc. And then Courtney Hartman did a workshop earlier in the day, but I want to save this until last because she is a phenomenal teacher. Not only is she a great player, she's able to explain what she does and her approach so incredibly well. In fact, she noted some things on approaching the guitar in terms of posture that I thought were groundbreaking. I've never heard somebody talk about it in such a way that made so much sense and made me feel like, yeah, 
I, I get it. I get what you're talking about. It always feels like this ambiguous thing. Everybody does something different, but Courtney was able to relay what she does, and it really had a big impact on me. So after that workshop, I was able to chat with her, and she. Um, it was great because I was able to, to walk up to her and say, hey, Courtney, enjoyed the workshop. I own your dreadnought. And she's like, what are you talking about? So, so I actually own Courtney Hartman's dreadnought that she played with Della May. And this started up a whole conversation, and she was able to show me some pictures of her touring with this guitar, uh, taking it to taking it overseas and playing it for kids, kids playing the guitar. It really elevated the guitar's meaning in my mind, and kind of made me feel all sorts of warm and fuzzy. So um, let me go ahead and wrap up Saturday, and then I want to share with you this lesson. So Saturday's concert, the, the grand finale, if you will, was Courtney Hartman opening the evening. And then Molly Tuttle followed that, closed out the show. And wow, uh, I was beyond inspired, flabbergasted in the best possible way. My socks were officially knocked off. Um, Molly is a great uh, band performer, but to see her play solo was an extra special treat. But she didn't just play solo. Check this out. Uh, Courtney Hartman came and joined her on stage. They played Church Street Blues together. They played one of my favorite fiddle tunes, Big Sciota, together. And then after that, Molly's dad joined her on stage. So it was Molly and Jack Tuttle playing, uh, playing through a couple of Molly's songs. He was on mandolin. Uh, he sang harmony. It was just like, it was the most wholesome, inspiring thing that I've ever witnessed. And then it went one step further. After the show, I was able to go down to the green room and chat with Molly. Now, if you've watched the Acoustic Tuesday show for any amount of time, you know that my first meeting with Molly Tuttle, I think I said maybe a single word. It might have been zero. This time when I met Molly, I said roughly five to seven words, and uh, I was pretty proud of that. Pretty proud of that. Got a picture with her. It was so good. I was so thankful of her sharing her time with me and, um, and you know, taking a picture with me. And it was just a, it was a great moment, a great cap off to the Fretboard Summit weekend. And, um, you know, maybe next time I meet Molly, I'll, I'll be able to form a full sentence or maybe have a discussion. I I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, but let me really zone in on the lesson. And it happened, it actually happened on that Saturday night and actually wrote it out. I don't normally do this, but I wrote out the lesson because to me it was so profound, I couldn't just gloss over it. I had to really dig into it. So I want you to take notes. I want you to stop what you're doing. If you have a bunch of windows open on your computer right now, just focus on the show and, and really listen to this and take this to heart because I did and I think it's gonna make a big impact on my life, on my guitar journey, so I know it's gonna make a big impact on yours as well. So prior to the Molly Tuttle show, I was sitting in the, in the concert hall and there was an Acoustic Tuesday viewer sitting a, a row in front of me. His name was Chris Weber, he's from New Jersey. Um, as Chris, if you're watching, hi and uh, thank you. I don't know if you knew you taught this to me or helped me realize this, but you did. So huge thanks to you. Just note, Chris Walls, the teacher I was referring to before, is not the Chris I'm referring to now. Chris Weber is who I'm talking about now. 
So we're sitting there talking, waiting for the show to begin, and um, we're talking about everything. Uh, we're talking, the topics are running the gamut. We're talking about running. We're talking about biking. We're talking about injury prevention. We're talking about family. Uh, so let me go ahead and dig into what I wrote here, because I, again, I want to be specific. I was talking to Chris Weber prior to the Molly Tuttle show, and we were chatting about running, biking, family, really exploring the gamut of topics. And it was during our chat that it hit me. I was telling him about a run that I did out here in Montana, the Bridger Ridge Run, a crazy run literally on the ridge of a mountain range. I did it uh, a couple years back and it was quite a feat. I'm very proud of myself for doing it. I'm not bragging. Uh, let, me, let me continue on with what I wrote. I was telling him about a run that I did out here in Montana and that my biggest regret was not enjoying the scenery. Being so focused on the run, on the performance, I never picked my head up and looked around at how truly amazing the sights were and how truly amazing it was to do what I was doing. But I need to tell you this because it affects you and your guitar journey, you and your life in general. As guitar players, we always want to get better. We are always looking for the next thing to learn, the next piece of gear, the next workshop, the next you name it. Our heads are effectively down. Please take a moment and pick your head up. Look around, metaphorically speaking. Realize what you're doing is amazing. Realize and feel gratitude for the people you have met. Realize that you are a part of something that goes well beyond just strumming on the guitar. It's the people, it's the connection. As we get older, the notion of not gaining any new friends, not developing any new relationships, starts to creep in. And for a lot of us, it becomes a reality. Guitar playing, guitar in general, is this secret gift that we all have in common that regardless of your age, will help you continue to develop and grow as an individual, and it will help you continue to grow and develop new and meaningful relationships. The Fretboard Summit slapped me in the face with that lesson. I was able to connect with new people, old friends, TAC members, fans, artists whom I look up to, and that opportunity is there for every single person, all of us, at events like the Fretboard Summit, but also on a much smaller scale. That opportunity exists for you every single day, and I have a list of, of potential places where that, that could manifest. You could find these opportunities uh, at your local music store, a jam circle, an open mic, a concert. These opportunities for growth and new relationships exist nearly everywhere. We just have to pick our heads up to be able to take it all in. And that was the overwhelming message that I left with from Fretboard Summit as I reflected on my time on the, on the plane ride home was, I met so many incredible people. I had so many incredible discussions. I was able to be a part of this living, breathing community that we are all a part of. And I was able to pick my head up and realize that. And I wanna encourage you to do that very same thing. Uh, so that's my, that's my review of, of the Fretboard Summit. What an incredible experience. And I want you to keep it on your radar. If Jason happens to put this on again, um, please do consider it. Uh, it's an incredible immersion into this wonderful community that we are all, whether we know it or not, a part of. Uh, so yes, Fretboard Summit, keep it on your radar. Pretty amazing stuff and a lesson that I learned there that I wanna, of course, share with you. Now, we're almost, I'm almost actually ready to wrap up the show today. I wanted to give Fretboard Summit its own dedicated show, but I do wanna check in and see what the TAC family is working on today. And um, just a quick, let me back up. Tony's Acoustic Challenge members, uh, there's been a lot of talk about Fretboard Wizard. The new version is coming. 
and I am so beyond excited about it. Um, currently, the alumni, Fretboard Wizard alumni, are in there, kind of beta testing it, and the response has been awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited because Fretboard Wizard was a great program before, but now it is designed to interface with Tony's Acoustic Challenge seamlessly, meaning Fretboard Wizard is very much a supplement to your daily challenge, your guitar routine that you uh, develop within Tony's Acoustic Challenge. More details to come, and I'll certainly let you know of dates as they become more clear where you can hop on the Fretboard Wizard bandwagon. But Again, I just wanted to plant that seed. Um, let's let's check in and see what the TAC family is working on today. It is a guitar lick. See, every week with Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we focus on one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. Mondays is a technique challenge, Tuesdays a guitar lick, Wednesdays improvisation, Thursdays rhythm guitar, Fridays chord transitions, today is Tuesday. The TAC family is working on a guitar lick entitled Double Vision, and here it is. We're gonna be using the A minor pentatonic and the A major pentatonic in the same setting to emote something different. And I think oftentimes the common myth is that, oh, these scales have to live separate lives. They can actually be intertwined and give you a ton of power as, as a guitar geek wanting to play a solo, or in this case, a lick. So let me go ahead and play the lick for you uh, so you can get a sense of what it sounds like, and then I'll go into kind of more of the musical context where you would use this lick. So here's how the lick sounds. As you can tell, it's just the high strings of an A minor pentatonic scale and the high strings of an A major pentatonic scale. In fact, I do almost the same exact thing with my fretting hand. Now, for those of you wanting to learn this, TACFAM, all you have to do is log in. Uh, it'll take you right to a teaching video where I teach this to you note by note, and then you can move along to the play along video where you can pick a speed that's comfortable for you and play along with me. And of course, there's tabs as well. Just click on that icon and it'll pull tabs up for you. Now, one of the common questions I get is, okay, that's a cool lick what do I do with it? How do I use it in music? Well, I'm gonna show this to you in a musical context, and it's actually gonna prove the power of this lick, the power of using an A minor pentatonic and an A major pentatonic in the same setting. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play an A major chord, and as a filler lick, I'm gonna use each portion of the lick. First, I'm gonna to go to the minor pentatonic, then I'm gonna to go to the major pentatonic. And what I want you to notice is what it does to the sound of what I'm playing, what kind of, uh, how it emotes. Because as I play the A minor pentatonic, you're gonna hear kind of a little bit of a bluesy flavor. And you might be thinking, that's not okay when we play a major chord. It absolutely is, and it works so good. And then again, as I play that A major chord, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, use that, that uh, A major pentatonic portion, and you're gonna see, okay, that, that fits the bill. And then to flip the tables, if you will, I'm gonna play a little bit of a blues riff, use the A minor pentatonic, which is right at home, and then I'm also gonna use the A major pentatonic, and you'll realize, holy smokes, I can actually use both of those scales interchangeably, both of those licks interchangeably. It's up to you 
what you want to emote. And I think that's the inherent power. And that's the whole theme of this week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge is mixing and matching both of these scales to give you, the guitar geek, the power to choose what you want to express while you're playing a solo, while you're playing a lick, etc. So here's that lick, double vision in a musical context. Now let me go ahead and flip the tables. I'll play a blues riff and then use that same exact lick. Again, so you can see that it actually is at home regardless of the setting. So as you can tell, that lick is just as at home in a blues setting as it is in a major setting. And the underlying theme here, the underlying message I wanna portray is that as a guitar player, it gives you a lot of power when you can say, okay, I can mix and match between a minor pentatonic and a major pentatonic depending on how I want to emote, depending on how I want my solo or lick to sound. And this again is a great example. And on those educational notes, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, let's do take a sneak peek into next week. And next week, it'll be kind of a, um, a carryover from today's episode. We're gonna be talking about Mule Resophonic guitars, why I love them, why you should love them. Um, I spent a lot of time with Matt from Mule Resophonic guitars at the Fretboard Summit, and I got some great insight into his brain his approach to building guitars, his approach to guitars in general. And between that and my experience with Mule Resophonic guitars, I wanna put an entire episode together that's dedicated to these instruments that I think are so truly wonderful for so many reasons. I'll share those reasons with you next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. I remember you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time right here on YouTube. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Before I let you go, please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please take the time to invest in your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day you play. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Thank you for being a guitar geek. And I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers, Guitar Geeks Unite.